Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 11. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am excited to hang out with you today because we get to talk about some pretty fun stuff. We get to talk about the three archetypes and some specific questions that I got from you guys in the community. Uh, really, really good questions, I might add. And just explaining a bit of the application, what it looks like, the three archetypes and the three types of channels, as well as the uh, what they look like, as well as the application. And I'm also going to address the archetypes in regards to YouTube Shorts, actually, and another thread about doing a YouTube Shorts challenge here in the community. All right, so uh, without further ado, let's jump right in here. So the first thread I wanted to talk about is from uh, Project 24 member Raven. Uh, which, by the way, always have great comments, uh, great interaction there. Thank you, Raven. Okay, so their question is, after analyzing my channel's archetype mixture today, here are my questions for you. So the first is, I understand from the discussion about the showing one's, that showing one's face is an important part of building a connection with an audience, but isn't this part of drafting? If channels in your niche, niche don't show their face or use them in their thumbnails, it might be a hint that it doesn't work for the audience. Okay, so that's the first question there. So... Yes, showing your face versus not showing your face is a part of drafting. Absolutely. It completely, it can be part of it. But that doesn't mean that you only have to do that in regards to drafting. I know I was going to approach this from the archetypes. I'm going to cover that here in a moment. But when it comes to drafting, in most cases, a channel that is, if, if there's a lot in a industry on YouTube where they don't show their face, a channel, if a channel were to come in and show their face, in most cases, that's just fine. In, uh, in fact, I can't think of off the top of my mind a, a, a situation where I would say definitely don't show your face. Uh, there, I'm sure there are those situations. I've been, I've been warned about speaking in absolutes. Uh, <laughs> in the video I, I published today on Channel Makers, I was called out because I said something that was absolute that they disagreed with. And, and when I look at it, I, I realize, yeah, you know, absolutes, it's... It, it's easy to speak in absolutes and not actually, like rarely there's ever it absolute, absolute. But in this case, I definitely see that as <laughs> a strong possibility. Okay, so that's the first thing. Now, as far as connection, showing your face uh, in building connection with an audience, yes, that is a shortcut because... As humans, we interact most of the time, at least we used to interact most of the time, face-to-face. -face. And so showing a face is one of the easiest ways to build that connection a lot more quickly than with not showing your face, but it can absolutely be done without showing your face. You just have to be intentional about it because when you don't show your face, you don't have the benefit of a lot of the normal social cues that we have, expressions, uh, and and raises of eyebrows and gestures and all of those things that we often do have when we're interacting with people in person. So um, if you do that, then it does need, you need to make sure that your voiceover or the other methods that you are using to deliver the information are especially engaging. And it may feel like over the top in your production, in your delivery of the emotions and, and uh, the, the message that you're sharing. Okay, so that's a great first one. The second point Raven brings up is, how does the channel's niche influence the possible archetype mixtures? A gaming channel tends to be information and or entertainment heavy. At least I'm having a hard time coming up with fitting ideas that contribute to connection. What makes, which makes me wonder again if a face cam might actually be very helpful. Okay, so that's a very good point here. 
are there certain niches that tend to lead lean towards certain archetypes over others? Yes, that is very much the case. However, uh, if we step back and look at that and say, okay, let me show an example. So I, I, in the original episode about the three archetypes, I talked about a, a gaming channel being something like, okay, if it's entertainment, it's play with me. You know, I'm, I'm playing through this game and the audience is watching because they want the experience. They want to be entertained. Now, information approach to that would be a tutorial about a specific game. That would be the, another approach to it. But what about connection? What would that really look like on a gaming channel? It would look like a channel that people watch the content no matter what the game is that is being played. Okay? Uh, I hope that makes sense to you. So the, the reason for that would be what, why, would, why would someone watch in, no matter what the game is? Because if it's very topic-focused then they're watching primarily for the game. And, uh, and I hope you know and by now that whenever I talk about any of these concepts, I'm talking about gaming right now, it really applies to just about any channel. So if they're watching for the topic, that might lean more towards the entertainment because they're interested in that experience. But if they're watching for the person because they like how that person makes content, then there's a strong possibility that connection is one of the primary elements. Now, if that person is just really good at creating entertaining videos, you know, it might still be leading with entertainment, that archetype. But in a lot of cases, if you just like, if you have a specific person that you like to watch all of their videos, it's because you feel a connection with them. There's something about it that they, they are... Um, something about the way the way that they create content appeals to you and so you have a form of connection with that creator now i've i'm guilty of often using the example of um, vlogging style as like the primary connection one and it, and it really is the case because in many cases a connection style of channel the reason you watch videos is either because you like the person and you want to watch whatever that person says or you want to know what's happening in that person's life. Those are some of the biggest reasons why connection really happens for an audience, why they want to watch a connection-style archetype. Okay, so that was a great, great question. Uh, next one, how do different types of content influence the archetype mixture on a channel? For example, a tutorial is adding to information. A stream might foster connection and being additionally informational and or entertaining. That's a great uh, next point to bring up here. That is, yes, different formats of content lend t tend to lend more to certain archetypes, certain audience intents for watching. So, YouTube Shorts. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. I'm gonna leave that as a little teaser until later on. I'm gonna talk about YouTube Shorts here in a moment. But let me let's talk about some of these other ones. So, a live stream. People can come to a live stream because they just want to spend time with you. They love that that interaction with you. They can also come because you're there live and they want an answer. They want information from you. You see the two different archetypes going on there? Uh, they could also come to a live stream if you've set it up as a interaction with an audience. The most, the craziest one I have ever seen. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the YouTube channel Miranda Sings. It's been around for a while. I don't watch much of her content, but she's created a, she's a very good singer, but she's created an alter ego for herself that's kind of egotistical and pretends to know everything about singing, but in, in the character doesn't sing that great, but she still critiques other singers. It's pretty funny. It's very interesting, very entertaining. Uh, but she did a live stream once where 
she set up a scenario. This blew my mind. I know I've talked about this before. It's, it was a while ago, but it just blew my mind because she set up a scenario where the character, Miranda, it's not actually her real name, but the character was locked herself in her bathroom and she was stuck in there. She couldn't get out. And so she did a live stream on YouTube <laughs> sharing this experience. Help, guys, you know, I'm, I'm locked in my bathroom. I can't get out. And it was hilarious because she's like had rations in there and then she was just interacting with the comments. And that was definitely a connection thing, but it was actually an entertainment live stream because people were in there and they're like oh, giving her suggestions like, oh, use the window. And, and she would respond like, oh, I tried that. You know, it, it doesn't work. And, and just... It was the craziest live stream I've ever seen. and uh, it, But that was an entertainment live stream. So I, I, I hope you see what I'm saying here. There, you can take, take different approaches for different formats. Now, different formats do tend to lean different directions. Uh, like as the point brought up here, a live stream does tend to foster more connection, but it can also be a information or an entertainment style. So yeah, great, great question. Okay. Uh, what types of connection or video formats will support the connection archetype? Uh, so, or what types of content or video formats will support the connection archetype? So, stories are probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, stories on YouTube, because it's something that's it's got a time frame. It's going to expire, you know. And so, if people care about what you have to say, you as a person or you as an influencer, they're probably going to watch your story, participate in your story. And I do know that in many cases, when stories are used effectively, they can they can help the rest of the content on the channel. A regular video can also be a connection style of video, which actually, there was another thread I wanted to address here. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Okay, great connection channel. Oh, this is from Sebastian W. He said, hey, great connection channel examples, please. This is what the thread was called. Okay, just finished listening to the podcast. Uh, they said in their niche, they're mostly info channels, and I feel kind of bored by it most of the time. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good feeling because if you are feeling like something should be changing about it, uh, that's a good indicator that you have something to add to YouTube. That's really good. Okay, so they said, uh, so I thought maybe I could do it better in my own way. All right, connection channels. Okay. So the question was, to help me decide, do you or all of you have any great suggestions for examples of connection channels, disregarding the niche or topic for now? I just want to be a general, get a general feel for it and see if I could do it. Uh, they're thinking 60% connection, 30% info, and 10% enter entertainment is what they're thinking for a ratio. So uh, go, it, that's, a, that's a great question. So as far as examples of channels that are doing that, many of the large Larger channels, if you ever, well, here, I'll give you a few points to judge whether a channel is leading with connection. If you've ever been recommended a video and you started watching it and you thought, I'm not quite sure who this person is, uh, but they seem to be doing something interesting. I'm, I'm not really sure. Then that was probably a connection channel. <laughs> it's an odd way to do it, but it works because they've built an audience of people that care about them as a person. And so they don't need to tell the entire story of who they are every single video. They don't need to because they've already built that with most of the audience. Now, that's not saying that that is the best way to build a channel. Uh, in a lot of those cases, they would do well to do maybe a brief little introduction to who they are and what they're working on. Uh, but that is one indicator. Another is 
if you see a channel, if, you, if you're drafting, let's say you're doing an industry audit or you're drafting on YouTube and you see a channel that seems to have topics that are all over the place, like all over the place, and yet every video keeps getting a lot of views, that is, there's a good chance that they are leading with connection because it's not about the information at that point. Now, there may be really good information, but people keep watching because of the person, okay? That's another indicator that I've seen to be uh, very conducive to seeing if that is a connection channel or not. Now, I did want to address, uh, because these questions were really good, and I wanted, I, I have the unique challenge here, guys. <laughs> All you listening here. I have the unique challenge here of, having a concept and figuring out the best way to share the concept in a way that makes total sense in my mind, but is a new concept to many people. And so as I was sitting down, I was trying to really think, how can I best share this? Are there some other ground rules that I can give for these three archetypes to just help them sink in? So this is my current take on it, okay? Subject to change in the future, but if I've tried my best to simplify, if you could put simple words on what type of channel the, the each the, of the three archetypes are leading with. So information, the audience is there for the topic or the result for the viewer, for the audience. They're there for a topic or a result, okay? An exper uh, entertainment channel, the audience is there for an experience or an event happening within time, an event or a happening in time. So some sort of event that is going on in a t space of time or something that happens, okay? And then the connection, now there is overlap between these, but uh, the connection, the primary audience, the, the reason they're there is for the person or the people that are in that content. They're there primarily for that and the feeling that they get well-being around that person or people. People get different feelings from all of them. I mean, entertainment, you get feelings from that also, but connection it's especially about the habit and the feeling of the of being around that person okay that was in, in a nutshell each of the things so information again information is the topic or the result for the viewer the entertainment is the experience or an event or happening in time the something that they are experiencing for the viewer and the connection is for the person or the feelings they get when they spend time with that person okay now now we get to it. Let us talk about the YouTube shorts because there is another thread here. Uh, this is by uh, Sherman1981. And the topic is looking at my own personal daily YouTube shorts post challenge. And in it, they've talked about the 30-day challenge that many of you have been doing. It's been awesome. And doing it, but doing it with YouTube shorts and potentially publishing uh, multiple videos, 15 to 45 seconds in length. And... Uh, with the goal of just publishing multiple times a day and building the channel, right? So first off, well, no, I'm going to address that second. They, they have a few concerns or questions, and this may actually partially answer the concerns or questions. I have spent, over this past week, I spent considerable time watching YouTube shorts because I wanted to check in. I wanted to know, okay, what's going on? And having spent, I don't know how many YouTube shorts I watched, quite a few. And I came out of it with a few clear conclusions on the current state of YouTube Shorts. And for those of you, this is very on topic with the three archetypes because that framework will, will help you understand what I'm about to say here. YouTube Shorts, if you were to come to me and say, Nate, should I do YouTube Shorts? 
my first question for you now, this is up to date. I have not shared this anywhere else. My first thing for you would be, do you want to do entertainment content? Do you want to? Because YouTube shorts are 90% entertainment. I watched a whole bunch and I tried, you know, private browsing and all sorts of different angles. They are 90% entertainment. Okay. Uh, and I try to stay fairly conservative with that. It could be more than 90%, but I just put the 90% rule on it right now. Okay, so if you're thinking about doing YouTube shorts, the question is, do you want to do entertainment content on your channel? If you don't, then it may not be the best choice for you, okay? Uh, the, the next, and, and it's, it's a cause and effect thing here. It's not that other archetypes like are never successful on YouTube shorts. It's that most of the content, which leads me to believe that most of the audience expectations and most of the shorts content that actually does well is entertainment. So you can do stuff in the other 10% and that's great. That, that's totally fine. But it's potentially a game of fighting an uphill battle um, if you aren't doing that entertainment. Now, the one caveat I will add to this, the, the follow-up question I would ask you if you were to come to me and say, hey, Nate, should I do YouTube shorts? Be like, okay, are you looking to go long game here? Do you want to go long game with YouTube Shorts? And if the answer is yes, then I'd say, okay, there is a blend that I do see working long game with YouTube Shorts. And that is about a 50 to 60% entertainment, 40% uh, connection, and 10% information blend. This is where I see, this one came up over and over again. <laughs> Uh, one of these shorts, this person doing shorts, I think it was Foot Doctor Dana or something. And she does, she's a doctor. She's obviously a foot doctor, right? But most of her content is, an, is a blend similar to what I just said. I'll just say 50% entertainment, 40% connection, 10% information. Because does she lead with information stuff? No, uh, no, very much not. She reacts to stuff and does tiny, tiny, and I mean like, tiny amounts of doctory, medically information, but most of it is built around reacting and entertainment and the connection element is because she set herself up, I'm just using this as an example, she set herself up as an influencer, someone that people get to know and they want to watch all the YouTube shorts from because they think she's entertaining. She's, she, be, she becomes well-known. And so... Back to the original question of, of, do you want to be in it long game? And, and if so, then a blend like that, building yourself as an influencer so you are like known on YouTube Shorts. Like you are known as you make a bunch of YouTube Shorts content. This, this applies to TikTok also. The other, all the other short forms of content, I see this formula happening over and over again um, where if you set it up that way, then it, then it can work. But notice again, the, uh, as far as the ratio, it's only 10% of information or less. So current take on it, and like I said, this could change in the future. I am not seeing any archetype of 10% information or more being very successful on YouTube Shorts consistently. Uh, there are occasional ones that take off, but as far as an ongoing strategy, like I'm, I'm, by occasional ones, I mean occasional Shorts, not occasional channels, <laughs> just one piece of content. I see those occasionally taking off, but as far as an over, um, ongoing strategy as a channel, doing more than like 10% information in YouTube Shorts, I just do not see it working. It's just not. That's just not how the format is going right now. 
And do I find that slightly sad? Yes, I do. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I said this early on and often. I wish, I wish that more types of content could be more successful on it. But I think it's possible that it's just the nature of the format. 60 seconds or less, short attention span. You're not there to like learn something really meaty and, and intensive. You're there for very light stuff. And so kind of when you think about it that way, it kind of makes sense that it would tend towards entertainment. Okay, so as far as blending it into your channel, if your channel has a fair amount of entertainment primarily built into it already, and that's the direction you do want to go, you don't have to be straight 90% entertainment um, if you're going to add shorts into the mix. It's just for the shorts you do, it has to be about 90% in general entertainment. But if the other content on your channel has at least, I would say, about a 40% entertainment, then maybe it'll work in those cases. But if you're hoping to do a like very information-heavy stuff on the rest of your content and then maybe a few entertaining shorts and hope that that works, I just am not seeing that work. It's just not the approach that's working right now. So just taking that as a clarification for you. Now, I did want to address these other questions about YouTube shorts in this thread about the, the personal YouTube shorts 30-day challenge here. So they said they have uh, two, a couple of concerns or questions. Okay. I've heard, okay, the first one is, I've heard more often than not that YouTube Shorts watchers and subscribers are not necessarily translating over to main channel watchers even when subscribed. Yes, that is true. I still see that happening. Okay, so continuing with the question. So why I'm excited to use this method as a possible way to increase viewership and subscriptions to the channel. Oh, so why I'm excited. Okay. I'm reaching out to the community looking for ways to translate those upcoming YouTube Shorts viewers to being main channel viewers. Um, is it just as simple as a five-second end of short shout-out to the main channel? I struggle to find the good examples when I research successful Shorts videos. Okay, um, part of the reason is it is very difficult to do that. Uh, I did a video on uh, Channel Makers a little while back about are YouTube Shorts a good idea still? Things have changed. And in that, I kind of outlined what I'm seeing as far as that from an algorithm standpoint, translating shorts viewers into full-length video viewers and vice versa, YouTube is not being very friendly with that because they're, they've literally said things, I'm paraphrasing here, but they've said things like, uh, we try to only serve the content that that viewer likes. So if they find you from shorts, YouTube's kind of assuming that they like shorts content from you and not necessarily the other stuff and vice versa. And so uh, if they find you via long form and you publish shorts. So uh, it can be a little tricky. You have to find ways to bridge the gap between those two formats of content. Um, and then uh, the other point here was, okay. Uh, oh, so the second point here was, um, are there other things that are in danger of any other negative effects they should be aware of other than burnout. And they're planning on publishing, if it works out, to publishing multiple times a day, potentially, and starting with several pre-recorded. So as far as like batching videos, that's a great idea to start with several pre-recorded because then you are ready. You have a bunch of content lined up, right? But as far as other potential negative effects, I think here I... I if you haven't already, and this is direct example answer this question here, um, for you, Sherman, 1981, but also for any of you listening, if you're considering YouTube Shorts or you had thoughts about it. Uh, or, so, okay, earlier on, 
in this episode of the podcast, I addressed this blend of YouTube shorts. And so the question here for Sherman here is other other issues, potential issues I foresee here. That is, your channel you mentioned is about uh, finance from a dad's perspective. And the idea is being, doing informational searchable shorts. So searchable shorts are not, they, they can appear in search. I'm not negating that, but a search focused short isn't necessarily the, the strength of shorts, nor is it the most likely to appear in most cases. So doing search informational searchable shorts, uh, we've got, we've kind of got an, uh, I'm hesitating to say this, but this strategy mm, will probably not work. <laughs> You're that pause there. Uh, that's me saying, okay, how, how clear do I get here? Um, based on everything that I've said thus far, so searchable, I've already got a concern there because they can appear in search and I've had a few of my own shorts appear in search. I, I get it, they can, um, but only if they're like very searchable, like specific question, I'm going to answer it and it's sufficiently answered within 60 seconds or less. Uh, and But as far as like building an ongoing shorts viewership audience, if all of your content is very search targeted, it's not very subscribable. Like you don't have an ongoing appeal most of the time with that type of content. And so that's the first thing. And then the other thing is the first word you use, the informational. Based on everything we've talked about here, I'm just going to bring it back around. Do you want to do entertainment content? Uh, because if you're not planning on a blend of leading with entertainment, in most cases leading it with entertainment, or if you're doing the long game of building a really connection, like becoming an influencer, then shorts are probably not the right format. That's just how I'm seeing it in the playing field right now. So that's how I would address that there. If you guys have any questions about the archetypes, the clarification, or about YouTube Shorts at this point, the current playing field of YouTube Shorts, feel free to put them in the community. I'm seeing, checking my notes here. If I had anything else, I think that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will talk with you next time. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.